This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you invite us to, to come into this place and to trust you, to, to take some small step to engage with you and to follow you on this journey. Thank you, Lord, that you have reminded us through communion that we can trust you in every area of our lives. Lord, we are so excited to be here to experience all that you have for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Man, I am so excited about today. We have a ton that we're going to be doing. So here's what I'd love for you to do. Grab the Connect card out of your program and go ahead and just fill that out. And uh, Jake will be coming up a little later and telling you what to do with that, but you're going to be using it throughout the morning. So get that Connect card filled out. If you're new with us, real easy. Connect card is a way for us to connect with you, you to connect with us and the things we're doing in the church and in the city and even around the world. And it's a great way when the time comes and you're hoping to connect with God, and we trust that as you engage with us, at some point you'll be looking to connect with God. When you're ready for that, we would love to help you connect with Him as well. So that Connect card is key to that. So I want you to go ahead and grab that, grab your teaching notes, uh, because they'll be telling you where we're going this morning. And if we haven't met yet, my name is Kevin, and I'm going to guide us through our time here together this morning. Well, Ron, our lead pastor, is across the way right now with about 40 people in a foundations class. And foundations is uh, for folks who are newer to the church to know why we do what we do, to, to know what's unique about God and, and about Jesus and a relationship with him. And it's an incredible time. And I just went over there and they're having an amazing time right now. But while he's there, I, I've been waiting to talk to you about something that I'm, I'm really excited about. And that is this. Uh, in September, we announced that our church will be making a, a major leadership transition, that Ron will be transitioning out of the lead pastor role, and that I will be transitioning into that role. And Ron's going to stay on staff and do a ton of uh, pastoral counseling and teaching, and he'll be working with people when they make decisions to give their life to Christ and doing some stuff that is just, it's an absolute perfect fit for him. But as we've been going through this process, one of the things that I realized, and I wrote this to you in an email this week, I just realized how incredible Ron is. And what a special part of my life Ron and Monica have been is they have they've befriended me and you and they have guided us to know Jesus deeply. And so what I want us to do on February 16th, we're making this transition, but on the 15th, on the 15th, that's a Saturday night, I want us to celebrate Ron and Monica. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a huge party. We're going to have a celebration. We're going to change this room. Yeah, you can clap. This is, this is good. Yeah, they're not here, but you can clap for them because they deserve it. And uh, we're going to turn this room around. We're going to have dinner here. We're just going to celebrate them. We're going to have some music. It's going to be wonderful. And here's what I've been waiting to tell you until they weren't around. Uh, my dream is that we can, we can honor them by giving them uh, like a really exciting gift of some sort. And I've got a few ideas. Um, a trip somewhere is one of our ideas. Uh, Ron's always talked about wanting a hot tub. So a hot tub might be something. Like we're talking, we're talking some big stuff. But here's the deal. Uh, I don't have that kind of money. Okay, so as much as I love Ron and Monica and want to do something for them, I realized it's going to take all of us together. So what I want to ask you to do over the next few weeks is just think about, do you have a little extra money that you would want to do instead of buying them like a, a $15, $20 gift card or a $50 restaurant gift card to pool our money together and to get them something that is just, that would blow their mind, that would make them feel incredibly special and celebrated. And if you do, 
when you give your offering, what I want you to do is just make a separate little um, offering there and write Ron Hunt on it. Just write Ron Hunt on the memo line. We'll know what that means, and we're going to put together that money, and we're going to dream, and we're going to buy them something incredible. And on that celebration, we're going to give it to them. So uh, I just want to put that in there. Mark your calendars for the 15th. It's going to be so fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Keep it quiet. Try to keep it under your hat. I realize I'm asking like 600 people to keep a secret uh, from our pastor at church, you know, so I get that, but let's, let's do what we can. Let's just do what we can to make it happen. Deal? Deal. All right, perfect. Fantastic. So uh, that's going to be a party. It is going to be a party. Get ready. I've been thinking about stuff as we've been going through this dangerous journey series. I've been, I've been thinking about the reality of my life, and I'm guessing you can relate to this too, that the busier we get, the less margin we have in our life, the more it seems like we tend to forget things. Have you had this experience where when things get really busy, things just kind of slip off the radar? And you don't mean for them to, they just kind of do. Like uh, when my wife and I, well, I was there, she was the one doing the work. When my wife gave birth to our son Landon, um, she, you, you could argue she was busy. She had a lot on her mind. There was a lot going on. And the day after, the, the nurse came in and she was asking for some specific information about us. And she asked Maria, when is your husband's birthday? My birthday is February 24th. And my wife sat there and stared at her for a minute. Then she looked at me for some help. You know, with those eyes that say, hey, we're in this together. You know, and I just smiled because I knew that someday I'll forget an anniversary, you know. Um, she looked at the nurse again. She said, February 14th? And I just smiled at her and I said, it's not, but I can, I can understand why that's confusing because you love me so much and February 14th is a day of love, so, but it's not February 14th. So is it February 21st? No, no, it's not. This is fantastic. I'm just loving this every moment. I'm just, I'm loving it. Finally, she said February 24th, and I said, nailed it, nailed it. You got it. But, but I'm realizing more and more in life that when we get to our margins, we tend to forget things. And, and if you're like me, this is what you thought. When you were in college, you thought, man, I can't wait till I graduate from college because then things will slow down a little bit, you know? Then you graduate from college, and you think, well, once I get into this new job and figure out how it goes, things will slow down a little bit, and I'll have a little more margin in my life. And then you think, well, yeah, I'm busy now, but once I get married, you know, she and I, he and I will be together forever, and things will just slow down. We'll ride into the sunset. And then you have kids, and you think, well, once the kids go to elementary school, then things will slow down a little bit. But then they have sports, so you think, well, once they get to high school and they can drive, then things will slow down a little bit. Then you're just up all night worrying. You think, well, once I retire, once I retire, then things will slow down a little bit. And then I'll, I'll have a little more margin in my life, and I'll be able to keep track of everything. But I was talking to a couple yesterday, and he just retired. And he was saying to me, I was looking forward to retiring because then I knew things would slow down, and I had a, I'd have more time to spend with God, and we'd just be able to have that. And he said, it's harder for me to carve out space to spend time with God now that I'm retired than it was when I was, when I was working. Because life just gets busier and busier and busier. And, and the busier it gets, the less margin we have. And the less margin we have, the more we forget. And, and we forget little things sometimes, like a soccer game or a recital. We forget big things sometimes. As life gets busy, we forget why, why I fell in love with my wife to begin with or why, why we ever wanted to have kids. 
you know? We, we forget. We forget. And we're in this series right now. This series, Dangerous Journey, has been a really, really fun time. We're going through, if you're, if you're new with us or if you missed a few weeks, we're going through the book of Joshua, which is an Old Testament book. And I just want to catch you up to speed. You can, you can hear all of the teaching from this at our website, newlifepetaluma.org. But I want to catch you up to speed where we've been so you know where we're going. And, and the series basically starts out like this. In the Old Testament, there's a nation called the nation of Israel. They were God's chosen people. And God promised to give them an incredible land. It was called the Promised Land. But hundreds of years passed, and instead of getting into the land, the nation went into slavery under Egypt, and and they were in slavery for 400 years, knowing that God had promised them something, but seeing themselves in slavery. And God raised up a leader named Moses, and Moses led the people to freedom from Egypt. He led them across the Red Sea. He led them into uh, the wilderness, and they got right to the edge of this promised land. And they could see it. There was a river that was in between them called the Jordan, but they could see the promised land. The the problem with the land was in the time from when God made the promise to the time when they got to the edge of the land, people had inhabited the land and they had walled cities and they had armies and, and there was battles that needed to happen. But God was about to take them into the land and right in the midst of that, Moses, their leader, dies. And Joshua, this new leader, is raised up. He was Moses' servant, his assistant. He raised up, and Joshua becomes the leader. And God says to Joshua, go to the people and tell them to set themselves apart for me, to consecrate themselves for me, to make themselves holy as they prepare for this journey that we're going into, to live the life that I called them to. And he said that because not because the life that that they were living necessarily was bad, but because he wanted better for them. He wanted their life not just to be good and average like everyone else. He wanted their life to be great. And he said, if they consecrate themselves, if they set themselves apart, if they make themselves holy for me, then I'm going to do miracles in their lives. I'm going to do wonders in their lives. So that's the, that's the backstory of where we're going. And time goes on, and they're about to go into this promised land Um, And the the question for them became the question that we have to ask ourselves. And and here's the question for the entire series. Because remember, they're going on this dangerous journey, and and they know God's promised them something. They know God's promised a life for them, but they don't know for sure if they can trust Him in that. And so here's the question that I'm asking us to ask. Is God, at His core, trying to keep something from me, or is He trying to give something good to me? Two weeks ago, I asked us to go home and not do anything but simply wrestle that question to the ground. Is God at his core trying to keep something good from me? If I follow him, is he trying to to keep things from me? Or is he trying to give something good to me? If I set myself apart for him, if I live with him and live for him, is he wanting to give something good to me? And over and over again, he promised the Israelites and he showed them that he is for them and wanted to give good things to them. The problem with the Israelites is they were just like us. They were forgetful. They were forgetful. They had lives and they had families and, and they had hopes and dreams and jobs. And, and as, as they squeezed to the edge of their margins, they began to forget God's faithfulness. So God had to figure out a plan so that they would stop forgetting. And that's what we're going to pick up the story today because he's about to take them to do something pretty incredible and he doesn't want them to forget. So in Joshua chapter 4, we pick up the story Here's what you need to know. The Israelites are on one side of the Jordan River, and on the other side is the Promised Land, and there were probably three and a half to five million Israelites at this point. To give you some context, that's like the entire Bay Area 
uh, from San Jose up to Sonoma County, including Oakland. So we're talking a ton of people. And they had to cross over this river. And God does a miracle. God has the, the leaders of the nation walk to the edge of the water. And the minute they step into the water, the water parts. And all three and a half to five million people walk across the river on dry land. That's the background for this story. And in Joshua chapter 4, verse 1, it says this. When all of the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, millions, millions of people, millions of people crossing over the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from each of the 12 tribes of this nation, and command them saying, take up for yourself 12 stones from here in the middle of the Jordan River from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, then carry them with you and lay them down at the lodging place where we're going to stay tonight. So Joshua grabs these 12 guys, one from each of the 12 tribes of this nation, and he says, go back into the river where it's dried out and grab a stone, a big stone, and then carry it over and set it down because we're going to do something with these stones. And then if we skip down to verse 20, we know what they did with the stones. Verse 20 says this, Those 12 stones which they had taken from the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the sons of Israel, When the children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What are these stones? Why is is there a pile of stones sitting here? Then you can inform the children, saying, Israel crossed this Jordan on dry ground. God did a, a miracle in our midst. For the Lord your God dried up the waters from the Jordan before you until you had crossed just as the Lord your God had done in the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed it, that all, and this is the important part, verse 24, that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that they may fear the Lord their God forever. They may revere him, they may worship him forever. So these, these guys, they, they go into the river, and it's dried up at this point. And they grab these 12 stones, and they build, a, they build a monument. And the goal of it was that any time for generations to come, any time people walked past these stones, they'd look at it and they'd say, why are those stones sitting there? And then someone would remind them, those stones are there because years ago, because generations ago, God parted the water so we could cross. God did a miracle on our behalf. Don't forget, don't forget that God's hand is mighty and that God God worked in the past. And because God worked in the past, he'll work in the future. See, see, the people were about to go into this incredible time with God where he was calling them to take steps out of their comfort zone and try new things, and, and those things seemed scary to them. Um, he, was, he was asking them to do certain things with their lives and with their families. He was asking them to give up certain things. Uh, He was asking them to change things. He was asking them to sacrifice certain things for him. And he said, but before I ask you to do anything with your future, I need you to remember what I've already done in your past. So he says to the people, and he would say to us, in those moments, in those moments when, when I call you to do something and it seems like the odds are stacked against you, in the moments when I ask you to do something in your marriage, with your finances, in your career, and it doesn't seem to make sense to you. Look back and remember that when you trusted me in your past, I was faithful. Don't forget my faithfulness in the past. 
so that you can trust me with your future. Because if I was faithful then, I'll be faithful now. We just sang a song that said that God is not changing, that God's faithfulness is there, that we can step out to him, that we can trust him. The problem is we forget. We forget. How quickly we forget. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they said, you know what? Uh, we were just talking about having a, a personal relationship with God where we're interacting with him and we're praying and we're, we're, we're reading our Bible and we're just with God. And he said, for years, for years, I spent time with God all the time and he just changed my life. And he said, then I get, get out of the habit. Get out of the habit and how quickly I forget what God did when I met with him. Because I just, I just, I forgot. And I believe God's saying to us as we embark on this journey this year, because he's got us on a journey where he wants, to, he wants to, to show each of us how much he loves us, his plan for our life. He wants to show us some steps towards freedom, some places where, where we think we're free, but if we look at it from God's perspective, we're actually trapped. We're slaves to, to certain sin or to fear or to past regret. He, he's saying, I want you to find freedom, but before I, I call you to take a step forward. I just want you to look back. Remember those times you've trusted me in the past and I was faithful. Because if I was faithful then, I'll be faithful now. So he says to the Israelites, set up these stones. Set up these stones so that every time you walk past, you'll remember what I did for you when we crossed over the sea. And here's the, here's the key point. The key to trusting God with our future is remembering his faithfulness in our past. The key to trusting him with our future is remembering his faithfulness in our past. Over the last couple months, there have been nights where I've laid in bed with the, with the weight of this leadership transition. And it almost feels like it's suffocating. Here's why. I asked God a, a couple years ago, help me to love the people of our church and the people of our city more than I currently do. Just help me to love them. And God answered that prayer Here's the downside. I love you now. <laughs> do, do you know what that means? That means that, that I, I want incredible freedom for your life, that I want good things for you. That means that when you're in pain, I feel the weight of that. That means that I feel the weight of, of guiding our community towards knowing Jesus. So I lay in bed and I think about the 54,000 people in Petaluma who don't currently go to church anywhere. 54,000, that's just in Petaluma. And then I think about Rohnert Park, and I think about Katadi, and the weight of that, the weight of God's call to reach our city and change the spiritual culture, the weight of it just, it just presses in on me, and sometimes it, it feels unbearable, and I'll lay in bed at night, and in those moments, uh, here's what happens. I sense God whispering to me, and he starts to whisper stories about how faithful he's been to you and to me. He, he reminds me of things like this past year, in 2013, 71 people made a public declaration of faith by getting baptized. 71 people in our church. That's nothing any person can do. That's the Spirit of God moving. He reminds me of things like at our three Rock and Christmas services, we had over 50 people either make a first-time decision to commit their lives to Christ or recommit their lives to Him. That's His, that's his faithfulness. He says, remember, I've been faithful in your past. One night, he actually took me all the way back to when I first came to New Life. How many of you remember your story of first coming to New Life? Do you remember that, what that was, a friend brought you or whatever? I have a, a deeply spiritual story of coming to New Life. I was, I was 21 years old, 
and uh, my college girlfriend that I dated for two years had just dumped me, and um, she started coming to New Life because there was this young, really hot worship leader named Justin Bartlow <laughs> who had just come to New Life. He did, yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. I did not, I did, didn't say it. So you know what I did? I followed my ex-girlfriend like a little lost puppy dog to new life. That's how I got here. That's my big spiritual story. And you know what God did? God took this 21-year-old kid and he raised me up under incredible leadership and he brought me on staff and he's allowed me to lead our church. And since he's been faithful in my past, I know he's going to be faithful in my future. So I'm walking out on this journey, and I'm just trying to trust him. And when that weight presses in, I just remember, God's done so much in the past, so I can trust him with the future. And what I want to do now as I, I kind of wrap our time together is I want to spend some time remembering, remembering God's faithfulness. And I want to do it um, so that we as a church can move forward together. My favorite verse in the entire Bible is this, and I think it's the underpinning for what we're going to talk about now. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, we know that God causes all things, all things, to work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. It says that God can use and change and transform all circumstances, good or bad. He can use me following an ex-girlfriend to church to, to set the trajectory for my life and ministry. He can use all things. And I'm going to talk about God's faithfulness in my past. And as I do, you're going to experience one of three things. You'll probably experience internally saying something like, you know what, I've trusted God in a similar area, and God showed up for me. He was faithful. Or maybe you're going to say, I actually didn't trust God in that area, but God redeemed it, and now that I'm walking with him, he's being faithful. Or the third one, and this is going to be the hardest one for us. You're going to say, you know what, I'm trying to trust God in that area right now, and it sure doesn't seem like he's being faithful. I don't see him showing up. And, and if you have that experience, here's what I would say to you. Sometimes God reveals his faithfulness 10 years down the road, or 20 years down the road, or 30 years down the road, but God was always faithful in the moment. So I want to encourage you, if you're in that place, it's okay. But see what God wants to do and look towards the future. So uh, here's what I, uh, what I want to do. I want to talk about some areas where God's been faithful in my life, because if I could sit down with you and we could grab a cup of coffee together, which I can't because there are like 600 of you, and I literally, I love coffee, but I would be shaking. But if I could grab coffee with you, and you, you said to me, Kevin, how come you can trust God with your life? You, you seem to be able to trust him. If he says it, you do it, and, and you trust him with it. How do you do that? I'd say, well, can I tell you some stories about what he's done in my past? This is how he's been faithful to me. So uh, I want to share with you some stories about how he's been faithful in my past with the hope of, one, that we get to know each other a little more. Because I truly believe you'll never trust someone, you'll never listen to somebody you don't trust, and you'll never trust somebody you don't know. And since we keep growing and developing and, and adding people to our community, I want you to get to know me a little bit so you can trust me so that you'll listen to what I have to say. And my second goal is this. I'm hoping that as I share my story, it sparks something in your story. I'm hoping that as I share something, it just brings something up for you. And if it does, I created space in your notes 
And I just want you to write down one area. Just think of one area. It could be something I've shared. It could be something else. One area that I want you to leave with today where God has been faithful, where you've trusted God and he's been faithful. So it could be the same as mine. It could be something different. But some areas where God's been faithful in my life are things like relationships. God, God has been faithful in my life, in my relationships. I, I told you about following that girl here at 21, and, and I had a string of of broken, bad relationships. I didn't view relationships the way God did. I didn't view sex the way God did. Um, I, I just had a string of it. And at that relationship, I decided, you know what? I'm going to start viewing relationships the way that God views relationships, and I'm going to start doing it God's way. And so I said, I'm going to take a year off from dating because I have some, some identity stuff to work on in my own life, and while I'm dating, I can't seem to do that. Well, that year became two years, and then three years, and then five years. Now, those of you who are in your mid-20s and have been single for two or three or five years, I know it feels like you're never going to find someone. I felt that. I had to go through all that stuff. But I said, I'm trusting God with my relationships. And right about the time I, I felt okay with being single forever and thought maybe I should become a priest or a monk, you know, maybe that was, that's when I met Maria. And we got married and, and so now I look back and I say, I can trust her. I can trust God because God was faithful when I trusted him in relationships. And I want to ask you, have you trusted God with your relationships? It could be dating. It could be marriage. What's your story? What's your story? Are you trusting God right now? How about with friendships? Are you trusting God with friendships? God's desire for our lives is that we would have at least one or two close friends that we can share life with. But I'm amazed how many of us, and, and actually right now I— I found myself in this place a little bit. We don't have anybody to really share life with, maybe outside of our marriage partner, but a friendship. Have you been able to trust God with your friendship? And when you did, was he faithful to you? How about your, your parenting? Are you trusting God with your parenting? Did you spend your life, not perfect, but, but trying, trying to point your kids towards Jesus and trying to walk with them in the tension of the busyness of life? And if you did, was he faithful? faithful to you. If he was faithful in your past, he'll be faithful in your future. The Sunday before Christmas, I went into a jewelry store because my wife had gotten me this watch, and I wanted to get it sized up, and there was a guy in there, and he was selling his wedding ring two days before Christmas. And uh, he said, how much can I get for this ring? And, and she looked at it, and they talked. Ended up, he got $60. $60. I almost said, I'll, I'll take it. That's a nice ring. Uh, but I looked at the guy, and I, I said, I'm really sorry to hear you're going through a, a divorce right now. That's got to be tough. And he's like, you know what, I, I just, I just want to forget about it. So he took the 60 bucks, I just want to forget about that relationship. But God doesn't want us to forget. He wants us to remember. Remember why we got married, even when it gets tough. And if God was faithful enough to allow us to get married, he's going to be faithful enough to walk with us through marriage. How about this one? How about this one? How about money? My wife and I have always tithed. And if you're new to church, tithing is just giving the first 10% back to God, generally speaking, through the local church. We've always done it. And yet, even though we always tithe, we had a fear around money. We always had a fear around money. We gave our 10%, and we were all, but we were always scared that God wouldn't provide long-term. And then maybe four, three or four years ago, uh, the church is going through some tough times. We cut all the staff's paychecks back by a certain amount. And, 
And I remember sitting on the back porch with Maria, and, and we were praying and talking and being emotional because we did not trust God to provide for us. And we decided in that moment, we're going to trust God with our finances, and we're not going to worry about it anymore because worry was killing us. And so in that moment, when we had lost some income, we decided we're actually going to practice generosity and give more, and give more. And over the past number of years, God has, God has blessed us abundantly, not just in finances, but he has blessed us in finances, but in all areas of our lives. And we trusted him with our money. And I want to say money is one of the hardest things for us to trust God in. But I want to ask you, have you ever, have you ever tried being faithful in, in stewarding your money the way that God calls you to? And if you did, how did he respond? How did he respond? My, my hope for you is that you'll trust God with your money because I know the freedom that it brings when you don't have to be worried anymore about this stuff. Man, it's freeing. Boy, do I want that for you. How about your career? I started doing ministry 11 years ago when I was 22. And, uh, and I'll be honest with you, it was going really well. It was going really well. We, our ministry at Sonoma State, I was a college pastor there, went from about 40 students uh, to about 100 students, and, and it was doubling, and it was growing, and I was working probably 55 to 60 hours a week because I was single, and then I got married, and I realized 55 to 60 hours a week was, was hurting my marriage, but I didn't know what to do because this machine of ministry had started going, and I didn't know how to stop it, and so uh, through a lot of prayer and conversation and, and some fights, Christians call them discussions, but they were, they were fights, you know, we decided together that, that uh, we would not sacrifice our relationship on the altar of my success in ministry. And so I, I took time. That's, do we have any architects in the house? I took time, we took time, I'm just going to go and set this down here, um, to talk about career. And I cut back and I said, you know what, from now on, I'm not working any more than, than 45 hours a week. Some of you business people say, that's crazy. Let me tell you, it's crazy in ministry, too, if you want to grow a ministry. That's not how you do it. And I said, and to start this process off right, I'm going to take off the first two weeks of the, of the year, of the school year, which is when you really grow a ministry if you're in college ministry. Because God's got to do some work in my life around the way that I view work. And I'm going to trust him with the ministry. And when I did that, you know what happened? The ministry grew faster than it ever had before. It went from 100 students to 240 students. And I wasn't there. <laughs> so when I'm tempted now, in this, in this transition to senior pastor, when I'm tempted to, to do everything and be everywhere and be at every event and counsel every person, I remember, you know what? God's actually faithful when I set boundaries up and put margin in my life and, and work hard, work hard for 45 hours, but then trust him to fill in the gaps so that I can be with my kids and my wife and my friends and, and have a life. Have you trusted God with your career? If you have, was he faithful to you? He wants to be faithful to you, so you can trust him from here on out. He wants to be faithful to you in your career. And then the last one is really the first one, and it's this. It's your salvation. This is actually the, the, the foundation stone that all the other stones rest on. My parents, I love my parents, they raised me to know God. 
And when I was 17, I, I made a decision as an adult to commit my life to Christ completely and fully, and it changed everything for me. They gave me the foundation, and I made that decision as an adult. And I remember where I was. I was sitting in a field in the middle of the night, maybe 11 o'clock, when I made the decision to give my life to Jesus. And I know where that field is, and I think about that field often because God met me in that place. And he forgave me of my sins. And he filled me with his Holy Spirit. And he showed me what it looked like to walk with him and to have the power to live the life I was created to live. Have you trusted God with your salvation? And if so, has he been faithful as you've walked it out with him? Has he been faithful? Because if he's been faithful in the past, he'll be faithful in the future. When he asks you to do things that don't make sense, that seem hard when the odds are stacked against you, we can look back on our past and we can say if he was faithful with the past, he'll be faithful, he'll be faithful in the future. When I remember that he's forgiven me and saved me and, and that he's created a space for me in heaven for eternity, that he's healing me, that he's freeing me and forgiving me, man, when I remember that he did that for me then, then I, I know that he can take care of my finances in the future when they seem uncertain. When I remember that he saved me, what he did for me then, then I know if he'll save me, he'll take care of my family. I don't have to be worried. When I remember what he did for me then, then I know that he'll take care of my career. When I, when I remember what he did for me when he saved me, then I know he'll take care of my future. See, we're on this journey right now where God is going to ask us to do some, some things that seem dangerous, that step outside of our comfort zones, to be the church that reaches our city. Do you know what that looks like? It looks uncomfortable for a lot of us. It means influencing people like we never have before. It means befriending people like we never have before. It means moving out of your preferred seat on Sunday morning so that someone else can sit in it. It means you might not have as much leg room when the seats get pushed closer together. It's uncomfortable, but if he's been faithful in the past, he'll be faithful in the future. And if you've never made a decision to give your life to Jesus, I want to tell you that's the best decision you could ever make, and I want to give you that chance right now. So I want to pray with you, and then after we pray, I want to give us all some next steps on ways we can put this into practice in our lives. But if you're here today, you're checking out this whole church thing, this whole Christianity thing, I want to tell you, all of this stuff, all of God's faithfulness here rests on his faithfulness here. Because if he saves us, if he forgives us, if he prepares a place for us in heaven, then of course he'll do those small things like take care of our family and our finances and our work. Have you made this decision yet? It's the best decision you'll ever make. And if you're ready to do that, you can repeat a simple prayer after me. You're just going to whisper it. It's a prayer of dedication. It's a prayer of commitment. So would you close your eyes? First, I want to pray for all of us. Jesus, I want to ask that you would help us remember this week. Help us to not be forgetful people. Help us to be people that remember. Remember your faithfulness in the past so that we can trust you with the future. Because we know that this journey we're on, it, it, the map's not always laid out clearly for us, and sometimes it feels uncertain, and sometimes we don't know what to do. But Lord, we know that if you've been faithful in the past, that you will be faithful in the future. So would you help us as a community to remember, to not forget what you've done so that we can trust you in the future. And as we're here right now, if we're in this moment, and, and God is drawing you to himself, if you're here and you've never made a decision to commit your life to Jesus, you can... You can do that right now. You can pray a simple prayer of commitment. Just whisper it where you sit. You can repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross to take the penalty for my sin. 
And I believe that you did it because you want to bring me back into a relationship with my heavenly father. Today I say yes, Lord. Yes, I want this relationship that you're offering me. Yes, I want you. So I ask now that you would come and forgive me of my sin. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Would you show me how to walk every day from this day into eternity with you? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. On the bottom of your notes, I've given us just a few simple ways to put this into practice, to help us to remember, to help us to not forget. And the first is is this. Uh, I would love for us to take time this week and grab a piece of paper or type it on your computer and just type out 20 times that God has showed up for you. It could be big things like marriage or uh, a, a job. It could be small things like, man, he woke me up this morning with a song in my heart that just reminded me of how good he is. Write 20 things, and then if you can't write 20, that's okay. I realize 20 is a lot. After I wrote that down, I thought 20 might be a lot for some of us. Write one thing. Write two, write two things. Make a list and then just keep adding to it and then put it somewhere that you'll see it, on your mirror, on the refrigerator, um, in your car, somewhere that you'll see it so we don't forget how faithful God's been in the past so we can trust him with our future. Another one is this. If you're not currently engaging with God regularly through prayer and through Bible study, through reading your Bible, man, you're missing out on a picture of God's faithfulness in the past. See, the Bible is the love story of God where we talk about how God has been faithful in past generations. And if he's been faithful in past generations, he will be faithful to us now. If you're not currently engaging with God through a regular time of prayer or reading your Bible, I want to encourage you to do that. And I've given you a link to to find some reading plans online and give you some different ways to read your Bible online or on your phone or or to listen to it on your way to work. There's so many ways you can do it, but, but get into God's word and know his faithfulness. And then for some of you here, uh, I think this is really exciting. Some of you have been Christians for a long time, and, and you even serve in various things, but, but because God's been faithful in your past, some of you, I think God might be calling you to take an increased um, risk to step up in leadership at an increased level. And if that's you, I just want to invite you, that is a risk. But if God's been faithful in the ministries you've been doing, then he's going to be even more faithful as you step forward, as you step up and step out. And so for some of you, that might be your next step, is to simply say, you know what, I want to I lead in ministry, not simply serve in ministry. I want to take the next step with God. If that's you, mark that on your card and be thinking about what that looks like and be talking to your ministry teams about getting more involved in ministry and taking next steps. They'd love to process that with you. And then if you made a decision to give your life to Jesus, Mark that on your card so we can celebrate that with you, give you some tools and resources this week to help you do that. Well, would you join me in welcoming up? And and please, remember, he's new to the area, so be kind to him. You'll know what I mean in a second. Would you join me in welcoming up our new student ministries pastor, Jake? Don't be that nice to him. Don't be that nice to him. He missed his cue. So, would you join us in welcoming up our new student ministries pastor, Jake. Do you have your mic? I do not. Wow. I was listening and then I got distracted in the back. Be nice to him. I, be nice to him. Be ni- he's new. He's new. Made it. We made it. Sorry about that. There we go. I just wanted to keep Kevin on his toes, you know, so that's what we just did. Hey, so we're glad you're here. Um, I'm sure you're glad I'm here now. Uh, 
Anyways, so what I get to do is talk a little bit about life groups. So those of you that have been here a couple weeks, that doesn't mean you get to check out because I have good information that's, that's coming up for you as well. But life groups, uh, you should have a catalog in the chair back in front of you, like the seat back in front of you, like on an airplane. It's pretty cool. And uh, if you go to page two in your life groups catalog, they have all of the life groups, right? So you can look through there. You can go, man, that name looks cool. That life group looks like it's good for me. And my wife and I have actually taken, uh, I, I've called it F2, I don't know why, but Financial Peace University. So it's the first one. It's on Sunday. And if you uh, turn the page to Financial Peace, right, you get, uh, you get all sorts of information about it. It's pretty exciting. I have a wireless mic that I should be using, but I was late, so I'm going to hold this one in my armpit. Anyways. <laughs> So you've got, uh, you've got all the information here, right? And under here is also going to be a code. And so on the back of your Connect card, you write that code. You go Sunday 01, and uh, somebody will get in contact with you about that life group. What is a life group? It's, uh, it's 12 to 15 people meeting once a week for 12 weeks, uh, doing life together, learning uh, whatever specific uh, thing that they've decided to study. There's a couple of really good ones in there about finances, about family, about marriage, about prayer. Uh, so it's pretty pretty cool. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you just a, a minute, minute and a half to look through uh, the Life Group's catalog, read about what one that may have caught your attention. And then if you see one that you want to take, turn over your Connect card and write that code. Like if you wanted to take Financial Peace, you just write S-U-N-01. And uh, you're signed up for it. So that is it. There are a few that are full, though. I think there's seven full, which is really exciting. And uh, if it's stamped now full, unfortunately, it is now full. So there you go. We'll give you guys that minute and a half to, to sign up. And we got, we got a song, I think. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Look at Look at that. I'm going to do things different this morning. I just changed like on stage. Finishing that up, I've got one last announcement for you. If you look inside of the uh, the nutshell there, in, uh, there is going to be an envelope, and that is for giving. Uh, we're about to take some our tithes and offering this Sunday. Uh, if you came prepared to give, great. Uh, the baskets are going to be passed, and you can drop in there. If you'd rather mail it in, there's, uh, there's a self-addressed envelope that you can mail it in. Or uh, there's also online. So if you go to newlifepetaluma.org, there's a spot labeled giving, and you can click online giving, and you can choose to give online, which is a pretty easy way to do it, and it's also, like, earth-friendly. So that's pretty cool. So we're going to do that, but let me pray for that first. Uh, Dear God, just thank you so much for uh, this Sunday. God, I just thank you for New Life and just the fun that we get to have here on Sunday morning. God, I thank you for the 47 people that are taking foundations this week and next week and just the cool things you're doing here. And uh, now, God, I pray as we get ready to give uh, that you'll just bless those who give and uh, you'll just continue to 
to do some amazing things in their life and also here at New Life, God. And it is in your son's name we pray. Amen. So as you're passing that, I've got one last thing for you. Kevin has talked a little bit about what New Life Students looks like. But in case you're wondering, that's, that's why I'm hired my job as student life pastor. So um, what we've got is we've got student life that happens on Wednesday nights. We've done two officially. It's been pretty exciting. We've had uh, 47 different students come. Um, this last week, we had another 15 additional new people visit, which is really cool. We've had like 10 people that have never, ever been to New Life come. Um, and we've started, even last week, we've started to see families come because of students that have come and visited New Life. So pretty exciting things going on there. Um, if you haven't ever been or you've got questions, there's all sorts of information in the uh, Life Group catalog about student life, about the messages, about what we do. And if you're a parent and you're like, man, I don't know if I want to drop my kid off with a Seahawks fan, you are totally welcome to come. You're totally welcome to come and hang out and see what we're doing, see what games we play, see what I talk about, see how worship is, and just kind of experience the evening, get yourself comfortable, meet some of the leaders, uh, like Dan here. Dan's doing offering. Say hi, Dan. Dan's one of our leaders. Um, and so we, uh, we would love to have you come and visit us on a Wednesday night. And lastly, that's every Wednesday night right here for now as we get ready to remodel the secondary auditorium. And if you're wondering how that is going, Justin and I are finishing up plans on that uh, this week and getting started here in a couple of weeks. And we'll give you guys an update as we need help uh, doing painting and setting up that room. But other than that, that is it. So go enjoy your Sunday, and we will see you back here next week. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.